as we begin this new year. Because discipleship takes work. It takes obedience. It takes sacrifice. It takes discipline. See, being in the church doesn't make you a disciple just as going to the garage doesn't make you a car. And I'm not talking about striving and and performing and, and trying to prove and earn God's favor, but I'm talking about making it your life goal to be a follower of Christ. And I celebrate what the Lord is doing in my life and the many roles that I do as a, as a person. But more than anything, more than being a dad, more than being a pastor, more than being a, a husband, I want to be a true disciple of Christ. I want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. I want to be better than I was last year. Your spiritual life should be closer to Jesus and more like Jesus than last year. Otherwise, something is wrong. So make it, make it your goal to become a true disciple of Christ. I, we gonna, I, I'm dreaming about getting merch done as disciple. So when I wake up and I put on my, my church merch, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a disciple. So I can't act like that. So I can't behave like that. I can't go, I got to cut off some people because I'm a disciple. Many want the flow, but don't want the hustle. They want the favor of God. They want the blessing of God without any effort on their part. They want the abundant flow without the sacrifice. Now, sometimes I will give you some stories of what happens at my house and some stories about my children, but just don't go and make them feel weird about it, okay? Just because then I'll have to start paying them for royalties and using their stories. So I told one of my child, I'm not going to tell you which one. I told one of my child, hey, your room is getting a little messy. The table here, there's a table. This is not where we dump stuff. So there's that part. And the stuff under the table, that needs to be clear. And then in this corner, you happen to have another table. I don't know why, but there's stuff on that too. Like any flat server, that any, anybody's house like that? Yeah. Any flat, there's something on it. Like, you don't, you don't need to. That's what designers say, right? There's like flat servers, leave it. Like, don't put stuff. Okay, so there's this desk, and there's this, and then you closet. These three things I need you to clear. Did, am I clear? Did you understand what I said? Yes, dad. Of course, dad. <laughs> so in my head, I'm thinking, this is going to take at least an hour for my child to do all this. So I have one hour to do my work or my phone calls or emails or whatever. So I sit down. I open my laptop. Like, thank you, Jesus. Now I can get to my uninterrupted work. That's the worst thing. I don't like being interrupted when I'm working. <sighs> Two minutes later. I'm done, Dad. Can I have a snack? <laughs> what? And I, I'm like, Lord, give me more of your spirit. Go with them. Give me extra fruit of the spirit. I'm like, this is, there's no way this is possible. I'm like, okay, I give you the benefit of the hope. I go up, benefit of the doubt. So I go up and I, and I look and I'm like, this is like 99% exactly the same way that it was two minutes ago. There's maybe like one sock got moved. I'm like, Okay, child, I said to you, this table, this table, the closet, three things. Oh, okay. I'm like, what is, what is with this child? Like, I use the same words, the same action, the same explanation. And then, oh, I got it now, dad. 10 minutes, like, now it's a little, like maybe 10 minutes later. I go up, sneak up and check and the child is playing 
with something, some toy on the floor. And I'm like, oh my Lord. The child thinks because they did the obedience, they obeyed me partially, that is good enough. But I specifically said, these three areas you need to clear, and then you can have a sack. But no, the child thinks if they just put the sock away, one book away, then I can have a sack. A lot of us are like that. We think that we can just obey God halfway. That we can just do one thing that the Lord requires of us, and we're good, and we can tap into His supernatural favor. I want to illustrate this, this, this theme and this point from the, the story of King Saul. Because although he was a king, he wasn't a perfect king. He disobeyed God by not doing everything that God told him to do. We can learn from that, that partial obedience is really disobedience. So you might be familiar with the story or not, but I'll just give you a quick summary. So the Israelites, they didn't have a king and they're really bothered because all the other nations have a king. We don't have a king. We need a king. Come on, prophet Samuel, give us a king. So right there, there's a problem. We want to be just like others. How many of us want to be just like others and we start bugging? God, I just, I just want to, I just want to. God's like, you're not ready. But we're like, no, I just want, because everybody else has. So, prophet Samuel anoints King Saul. But the problem is, they already missed out because God wanted to be their king. But the people were like so wanting to be at par with other nations. Now, God is not their king anymore, but a, a man, King Saul, now becomes the king. And, uh, but he didn't, he didn't tur- turn out to be a great king. There were, there were a couple of instances and one of them was like King Saul is getting ready to go fight the Philistines and he's waiting for the prophet, the priest Samuel to come and do the sacrifice because they need the blessing of God to go fight the enemy. But prophet Samuel is taking time. And King Saul, kings are not supposed to offer sacrifices, but King Saul it gets impatient and he just goes and offers a sacrifice himself, which was the role of the priest only. See, sometimes when we get impatient, we go out of line and then we make an excuse. Oh, it's because the prophet was late. That's why I stepped out of boundary or because this was late. That's why I compromised or because this happened. That's why I crossed the line. That's what King Saul did. He went out of line by doing something he wasn't appointed to do. And, and, you know, that might not seem like a big deal to us, but by offering the sacrifice, Saul was actually disobeying God. And at that exact moment, this is the one verse I want you to look at today. 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 13, 11 to 14. So he is offering the sacrifice and... and, and uh, <coughs> Prophet Samuel shows up and he says, What have you done? Uh, Samuel. Saul replied, Well, when I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the said time and that the Philistines were assembling, I thought. So again, again, here, he's giving into peer pressure, he's giving into people pressure, he's giving into uh, uh, fear and worry. Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering 
You acted foolishly, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. I'm going to talk about that probably next week. And appointed him leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. And if we continue in the story, we see that later Samuel sent a message to Saul telling him to get ready to go fight against their enemies. Now the Amalekites, Amalekites, and through Samuel, God told Saul this specific instruction. Destroy the enemy completely. Amalekite, Amalekite. Listen, English is not my first language, okay? You're not saying it right, eh? Amalekites God gives instruction to the prophet Samuel to tell King Saul destroy everything regarding the Amalekites the people the the livestock don't take anything just destroy everything so King Saul defeats the Amalekites but he didn't obey God completely he, he goes and he looks and he's like, oh, wow, look at these fluffy sheep and these livestock. And, uh, and the king of Amalekite, King Agag, that's a funny name. Imagine if Agag was gagging. He was probably gagging because he just defeated. He got <laughs> defeated. But King Saul, he's like, okay, King Agag, you know, I'm going to let you live. Maybe we can do some deals later, you know, we can hustle together. My point is partial obedience is disobedience in God's eyes. Saul thought that he obeyed God completely. And and he says to prophet Samuel, Hey, I carried out the Lord's instructions. But Samuel says, if you obeyed God completely, why do I hear sheep bleating? So Saul is telling prophet Samuel, I did it. I obeyed God. I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) What's that sound, Saul? Asked Prophet Samuel. We kept the best livestock so that we could offer it as a sacrifice to God. That's his excuse. That's his comeback. That's what Saul says. And Samuel says, no. God would rather you obey Him than sin against Him and offer a sacrifice. God cares more about what's in your heart than about burnt offerings. And now because you have rejected God by sinning against Him, God has rejected you as King. So it's not hard to see that Saul is a little messed up. He is not a perfect king. He's not a perfect person because his heart was sinful. And Saul was convinced that in his mind that he followed God. And I wonder how many of us partially obey God but in our mind we've convinced ourselves I'm good I obey God praise the Lord like I start a sentence with praise the Lord like I'm good I did a few things here but let's not get too judgmental about Saul because we're just like him we take some parts of God's instructions we, we cherry pick I like this instruction this is easy for me to do I'll do it. Oh, this is difficult. What? Wait. 
for marriage, for hand holding? Oh man, I can't do that. Hey, I'm a dad now, so I'm overprotective, okay? Nobody's holding nobody's hand until you get married. Right? I wonder how many of us pick the easy parts to obey and leave out the hard parts and make excuses. Oh, I showed up to church. I came for the Bible study. Oh, I've been, I'm fasting, God. And we make excuses, but we are just convincing ourselves, but it's really disobedience. Issue was like Saul. He was partially following God. He wasn't fully surrendered to God. Saul took God's instruction and only did what he liked. He only obeyed partially. So, don't be, don't be shocked at Saul because you is like that. You and I are not much different than Saul. And most people that follow God sort of follow God. We sort of, we follow the instructions we like. We sort of follow God and we convince ourselves, we appease ourselves, I fasted God. Oh yeah, I forgot to eat, so I'll just fast. <laughs> See how, what I'm doing for you, God? That's not fasting, by the way, you just, it's foolish. I'm going to use the word foolish next week, so I just want you to prepare. Sometimes we act like fools, I act like a fool. Okay, let me put it on me. I act like a fool, I'm like, it's for you, God. God is like, I never asked you to do that. But Lord, I'm suffering. You know my cousin, I'm not going to tell you who, but when he was younger, like he would just eat. And he ate and he was full. And then my aunt came with a bucket of KFC. And he just sat there and just ate and ate. And, and, and then he vomited after. And then we, family asked him, why did you eat like this? I did it for Jesus. <laughs> Some of us are like that. We just, we just do whatever we like. And then we're like, it's for the Lord. I'm sorry. No, you're suffering because of your foolishness. You're not suffering because you're being persecuted. For, because Anyway, you get what I'm saying. Before I get in trouble. Partial obedience is complete disobedience. Write that down. Partial obedience is complete disobedience. And for many of us, this is how we follow God. God gave us clear instructions, but we don't want to follow fully. Uh, and, then, and then we wonder why we're not seeing the favor of God in our life. Why we don't see His supernatural power in our life. Why we don't see God open doors for us is because we're only partially obeying Him. Why we don't see His goodness. Because He has given us clear instructions, but we don't want to do it because it's not convenient. Write this down. Obedience unlocks God's flow. Obedience unlocks God's flow. So if you want to experience God's flow, God's supernatural power. And that's what the whole heart of this message is. Flowing in God's supernatural favor. If you want God's presence, God's, God's love and, and to be manifested and His, His anointing in a fresh new way, it all comes through obedience. So sometimes we only talk about the shiny part of it. And if we don't talk about the other side of the coin, which I'm going to, we, don't un we won't understand the value of the shiny part. There's, there's two sides to a coin. And so the more difficult part of the coin, we also need to address it. Otherwise, we won't understand the beauty of the shiny side. So le let me just go into that a little bit. Not only does God's flow come through obedience, but disobedience stops God's flow. So if you feel like God's favor is, is not there in your life, maybe there's some disobedience. 
Because disobedience stops God's flow in our lives. And when you choose to not do what God has said, when you choose to not do what He has made clear, His flow in your life will now be evident. You should never have to go to somebody and say, I'm a Christian. Praise the Lord, brother. People should read your life and be like, that's a Christ follower. We think it's, we think the problem we have in our lives is because of outside, outside issues and our haters and they're putting, not lucky charms, but like bad, bad curses and, and, and witchcraft. No, no, honey. Many times it's just us. We are short-circuiting the will of God in our lives. We are sabotaging the destiny and the purpose God has in our lives. We are stopping the flow of God in our lives. We stopped it through disobedience. Yeah, but Pastor D, what about grace? Grace. People do whatever they want, think whatever they want. They Grace. I love grace. And Paul talks about grace uh, to, uh, to the Romans. When he's in Rome, he's talking about it's beautiful. Grace is big. It's, it's bigger than you. It's amazing. But grace is not a license to sin. We love grace. We need grace. But that's not, that's not our passport to, to, to live and, and talk and, and think and be however we want. Because God has given us clear instructions and principles on how to live. Grace is big. But walking closely with our God is so important. Being in the will of God, being in the center of God's will, walking in His power and His purpose, those things are big too. Yeah, but does God love me when I don't obey Him? Yes, He does. And, and today we're not talking about His love, we're talking about His favor. You are loved no matter what. Like, you, you know me. Like, if your child smells, don't give me your child. You probably heard me say this before. Like, if it's my child, no problem. Like, we have conditions to love, but God doesn't. We can come to Him smelly or put together. It doesn't matter. God loves us just the way we are. But I don't, I don't just want God's love. I, and I don't just want God's grace. I want His favor. I need His favor at work. I need His favor in my family. I need His favor everywhere I go. I want everything that God's got for me. I don't want me to limit what God wants to do through me. Hallelujah. We need a favor. You need the frustration you have. I wonder if, if it's because God's favor is not active in your life. We need His favor. God loves you. We're talking about the flow of His favor today. Everybody shout flow. flow. Oh my goodness. That was, that was flow, supernatural flow. Uh, repeat that too, please, please. <laughs> flow is on the other side of your obedience. Because God's flow comes through obedience and God's flow stops through disobedience. God's His love for you is always there. He's your heavenly father. I tell my kids, I'm your dad forever. Whether you succeed in life or whether you make a fool out of yourself, I'm still your dad. That's never going to change. In that same way, God has given you the privilege to call Him Abba Father. He's your dad forever. 
He's the perfect dad. But that's not, I don't, I don't, I don't want to just exist here and, and, and just die and go to a grave so that I can go to heaven. No, I want to walk in his favor. And I like free stuff too. I pray for God's favor all the time. When I'm traveling, when I'm going to, whatever, I need God bless me with free stuff. Like, why not? Like, if you heard me pray for food, give grace. Sometimes I will pray, Lord, bless this food, make it fat-free and healthy and nutritious. Why not? What if God's favor was helping us being fat-free in the food, the unhealthy food that we eat? Why not? It's worth a try. God might be like, you're dumb. Just... It's okay, I tried, God. I don't like exercise. For, for many of us, disobedience is... We might think like just wilding out and just going and doing crazy things. But the danger is disobedience in many of us is very subtle. It's very subtle and very hidden. So we don't want to talk about it. But that's why you need a non-judgmental community. And that's why Next Level Church is here. I can guarantee you if there's any gossip, I will, I will stick my nose in there. There is no gossip in this church. There's no drama in this church. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. 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 I, 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 ain't nobody got time for that. It's the subtle convincing of ourselves. That's okay. Yeah, I got issues. Just this and that. But then I did this. So, you know, like, yin and yang. It's, it's, mm. it's like... I was trying to evangelize to somebody and then they're like, yeah, you know, if there's like five negative things in the day, you have to put six ne- ne- uh, positive things in here. Uh, coming from a depressed guy. Like, yeah, depressed guy is telling me, you know, five, that's the way. I'm like, bro, like, if that works for you, I don't want whatever is working for you. It's the, it's the subtle compromise. It's the hidden thing. It's the hint. It's the little text here, a little phone call there. It's a little... We have tricked ourselves in our minds. But we're just like Paul. Paul. I mean Saul. And, and trying to defend ourselves in, in, in front of the priest and prophet Samuel. I did do what the Lord said. And then the goat is bleeping. The sheep is bleeping. Bleeping? Bleating. What is the right word? Bleating, right? Okay, it goes. That sound. Come on. Nobody's helping me out here. Really? Did you obey God? Because partial obedience is disobedience. Total obedience is work, 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 work. He said, me happy. Work, 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 work. He said, me happy. I looked up the lyrics because I want to be culturally relevant. It's work, it's hustle. So Prophet Samuel, he says, Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. But many of us, we operate in a different way. We rather just do the deed or do what we're not supposed to do and then come back and ask God for forgiveness and take communion and we're like, okay, we're good. But the truth is, the Word of God says, obedience is better than sacrifice. And this is why we get stuck in problems. We try to make deals with God. How many of you have prayed like this? God, if you will just save me from this, Lord, please. Lord, I beg you, just get me out of this problem, please. I will never do it again. And then like, soon after you've done it again. 
We try to make deals with God. We try to, God, I'm sorry. Here's my sacrifice. I'll bring you an offering, God. Just get me out of this. I'll never whatever again. But the problem is you, before you did the whatever that you weren't supposed to whatever, now you're just nervous because you're going to get exposed. And that's what King Saul was worried about. That's what happened to him. He got nervous when Samuel started questioning him. Really, did you obey God? Because now you're not going to be the king no more. And King Saul is like, <laughs> I did, but <laughs> I lied. My bad, my bad. I lied. Yeah, there's a couple of sheeps. And, but it's good, good sheeps. Good things. I, people convinced me. I gave in to peer pressure. You may be wondering, why, why is obedience so significant? Why would we start off the new year with hustle and flow? With a title like that. Because Jesus is looking for true disciples. And the true discipleship starts with obedience. Not with the perfect life, but with the surrendered heart that cries out to God. Lord, make me like you. Transform me, God. Lord, I want you to flow through me. I want to impact this world. I want my life to count for something that brings glory to you. Because obedience is a demonstrator of faith. And lack of obedience is a demonstrator of lack of faith. That was Saul's issue because he willfully went out and disobeyed God because he didn't trust God enough to be God. Many of us, we meddle with what God wants to do because we don't trust God to be God. Why did you cheat on that test? Oh, nobody wants to make eye contact all of a sudden. Why did you lie on that resume? Why when you went for that interview, they ask you how much you were making at the previous job and you and you like you opted. I was a gas station attendant way, way back and I got a good job. And then in the interview, they're like, what did you do before? I'm like, I was a refueling technician at uh, Imperial Oil. I was a full serve gas pumping guy at Esso. We like to opted. And what were you making there? Well, the, the truth is the guy that got hired after me was making like four dollars more than me an hour which was like anyway we need to trust God to be God otherwise we will meddle with what God is trying to orchestrate it's like a cake you cannot rush a cake you have to wait for the time for it to be cooked so that it's edible otherwise you're just gonna have mad diarrhea are you going to be in the bathroom the whole time? People are like, what's wrong with you? I meddled. I rushed. Some of... I don't know. Just, sometimes better I don't finish the sentences. Saul just had to obey God. Then, he, then God would have handled everything the way God needed to. Sometimes you just got to let go. And just let God handle your situation the way He wants it without you meddling. It's like bringing a broken toy to, the, to your dad and saying, Dad, fix it. And while he gets the tool and, and the, the way to fix it, every tool... Daddy, did you fix it? Is it done? Oh, no, wait, child. I, I'm just getting the parts I need. Okay, Dad. Is it done? Can I have a snack? Is it fixed? I clean the room. Can I do it now? Can I take it? child just calm, calm down for a second we just want our way we just want it easy way we just want it convenient just now instant and when God doesn't do Mac in instant then we get Mac 
mad. We want our Mac prayers to be microwave answered. Put that together and make a sentence. But God is looking for true disciples. I'm not going to get through my notes. But this is the challenge I'll leave with you. At the first service together, I want to challenge you. And I want to challenge myself too. The parts that are difficult in your life that God has already spoken to you. And as I'm speaking to you right now, I know the Holy Spirit is, is highlighting areas of your heart, of your mind, of your life that you have not fully surrendered to God. We're not looking for perfect performance, as I said, but surrendered hearts. And I want us to pray together. Before we take communion, I want us to pray together. Because prayer is powerful. And that's why we're going to dedicate 21 days of prayer starting tomorrow. Because we want God's supernatural power. God wants to flow in your life. But we got to hustle by working hard. We're not going to be afraid of working hard. Hallelujah. It starts because even our habits are suffering. It's, it's an avalanche. Man, it was just a five minute scroll on Instagram before I go to sleep for relaxing time. But it turned into two hours. Oh my goodness. Now I got to wake up in four hours to do my work. Oh, and then wake up all cranky in the morning and be like, come on, Lord, I'm serving you. I have no joy. You have no joy because you had no sleep because you were on Instagram scrolling for two hours. Don't blame God. Let's ask God to bring in healthy habits into our lives and, and obedience. So let's stand together. And I want you to think in your heart and make a decision. Are you going to live the same way you lived last year? I certainly don't. Today is precious. This year, the Lord willing, God is going to do amazing things in and through your life. But you got to first make the decision, Lord, help me. Help me to work hard, to study hard, to study your word, to, to prove myself. That's what the Bible says. We got to study God's word. We got to love God's word. So if you have a hard time reading the Bible or studying the Bible or praying, Ask God. Man, for Heart for the House, we prayed. We had faith. We believed. God answered. So many testimonies I'm hearing. And even at our team night, there were wonder prophecies and healing. So many things happened. But it takes prayer and faith. And a willing heart. I'd rather be a humble disciple than to be on the pedestal in a limelight. Let's take this moment. To make a decision and say, God, I want to work hard. I, w I, I don't want to be a lazy Christian. I want to work hard in studying your word in bringing discipline into my life. The moment I wake up and the moment I go to sleep and any chance I get in the middle, Lord, I want to be in your presence. I want to know more about you. God, increase my hunger in you. God, my passion, my love for Jesus. Come on, church. Can you start praying right now with me? Lord, I want to love you more. Lord, I don't want other people's testimonies. I want my own testimonies, God. I want my own miracles, God. Lord, I want you to do greater things than you did, God. Because you promised. 
that you would use me to do greater things for you, for your glory. God, humble me. Come on, church. We're a praying church. Come on, if you want the fire of God to take over, come on, just pray passionately from your heart right now. God, renew my mind. Transform my heart, God. Father, let me fall in love with you. God, let me not just attend church, but let me start serving in the church. Let me start being a vessel for you. Let me be an intercessor for you, God. Lord, I want to be here on Sundays to celebrate and to serve and to see people make decisions for Jesus. But on the weekdays, I want to study and be in community and learn and grow and be challenged because I don't want to live in partial obedience anymore. Just as you spoke, Lord, on Christmas, on the 18th December, Lord, shine your light through us. We are the light of this world because of you, Christ, because of your word. Shine your light on us and through us, God. God, we don't want to lose our flavor. We are the salt. We're called to bring flavor and purification and preservation. Lord, give us, give us the heart of Jesus. And even as we are starting the course on Tuesday... We ask God that you give us revelation. We're not just here to have church on Sundays and just hide, be, be undercover Christians. We want to shine your light. We want to be sensible, but we also want to be bold about our faith. Let's not talk about it. We want to live it out. Through the way we speak and live and think and go about our day. That, that we will be supernaturally normal. Everybody repeat that. Supernaturally normal. Supernatural. That means we are walking in supernatural power and favor all the time. That our conversations, our appointments, coincidences, is all led by the Lord for a greater purpose. So have your way. Come on, church. Lift your hands. We're, we're going we're gonna to do communion in just a minute. But just surrender. Surrender. Hallelujah. We surrender, God. We surrender. We're thankful you brought us this far. But for us to move forward, God, we surrender. Lord, I surrender. Church, surrender. You need that joy back. It comes through surrender. And, and letting go of control. And saying, Lord, I give up. But I place my trust in you. Mold me and, and make me into the man, into the woman you call me to be. Hallelujah. We praise you, mighty God. We worship you. We give you praise as we get ready to take communion. You know, this is, this is one last thought I want to say before we finish. Is we are called to forgive one another. We are called to love and forgive. And sometimes we only partially forgive. And I want to challenge you because there are certain things that are easy for me. Like tithing is a no-brainer for me. I, I, I have no issues with that. But sometimes there are people that have hurt me that is hard for me to forgive. I wonder if some of you are like that. Or the enemy will remind you of the hurt that those people have caused you and others. But today I want to challenge you. Partial obedience is disobedience. I don't want to live like that. When I forgive, when I choose to forgive, I want to continue forgiving. And, and, and so I'm challenging myself and you. And I'm asking, are there people that you've only partially forgiven? 
Because God is asking us to come into full obedience. And it could be your family members, your friends, your church members. Today, will you decide to forgive? Fully. Hallelujah. This is my last verse, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, before we take communion. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. In other words, a true disciple. He loved us and offered Himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving us, for washing us by your precious blood, for giving us the gift of grace. God, we repent for our sins. Can you take a moment right now and say, Lord, I repent. Wash us by your precious blood, God. Father, set us free. Father, we don't want to walk the old man's way anymore. But we're a new creation, God. So Father, as we take communion,